Have you been failing at relationships you once thought you would love forever? Are you finally ready to realize that soulmate hunting is at best a weak strategy? Then with three daily practices for the three root causes of failure, you can now take charge and build a relationship of your dreams instead of hoping and praying that one day your dreams may come true. Only with you in charge can you feel safe to open up and love again. Then you'll never have to worry that your X's and O's will ever again become X's and woes. Now here's your host, Cheryl Herbst, the world's simplest relationship strategist. Welcome everyone. I'm Cheryl Herbst, your host, and I love simplicity and I love results too. In today's episode five, we're going to continue our discussion of the three best practices for ending relationship failure once and for all. By getting down to the root causes of relationship problems, you can avoid those long list of actionable ideas so many other coaches accentuate. Such lists are way too complicated, in my opinion. And the ideas, well, they just don't work for everybody. But by getting down to root causes, you have the opportunity to simplify the solution and provide a strategy that works for anyone. How? By tending to the soil that so many relationship woes grow in. Because... Most relationship woes are merely the symptoms, or what I call the weeds, that grow out of poorly nourished soil. Fix the soil, and the weeds, well, they just disappear. So what are the root causes of relationship failure? Well, imagine, if you can, a relationship where you feel fully loved. You're getting your needs met with an unreserved yes, and unresolved fighting melts into curiosity and compassion. Now, no one can tell me that such a relationship wouldn't create a yearning in their heart to come home every day, year after year. From my way of thinking, that's proof enough that a strategy that could create such an environment could also keep a love lasting long after the honeymoon stage is over. That being true then all that is needed to build a successful love life is only three best practices. One for love, one for needs, and one for fighting. Without dying love filling your relationships with petty annoyances, without bargaining for needs filling your relationship with resentments, and without fighting draining you and making you feel unseen and unheard, what could come up in your relationships you wouldn't be motivated to cope with, I ask you? So if you are hearing the wisdom in this strategy, then let's get into today's lesson, root cause number three, unresolved fighting. Oh, and if you're following along in my book, How to Keep Your X's and O's from Becoming X's and Woes, you'll find this information in the section labeled Mending versus Defending. And also, for those of you who have yet to listen to episodes one through four of this show, you'll find it much easier to understand this episode in context if you go back and download those episodes now. For those of you who have been following this show, you already know that fighting is what I call the number three cause of relationship failure. Unresolved fights can leave you drained, can't they? And it seems so hard to suck up the energy that it takes to go and make amends so you can resume peaceful coexistence, doesn't it? And how many times can you shut down another little piece of yourself? 
before you no longer feel seen or heard or authentic with your partner. I know for me, the true joy any relationship gives me is when my partner looks deep into my eyes, all the way down to the depths of my soul, and smiles. I need that authentic connection. Or why am I even in the relationship? Not being seen or heard or being inauthentic has always been too much of a drain for me to bear. And what about you? Are you willing to plod along apathetically and just ignore your emptiness in order to keep the relationship going? Or to take that other strategy of dumping your partner? But what if there was another choice? What if you could be taught how to see behind the curtain to what is really going on? How much curiosity and compassion could replace unresolved fighting then, huh? So that being the case, then what you need is a best practice that can end fighting by replacing it with curiosity and compassion. Then and only then can you feel safe sharing your soul. Feeling fully loved and getting your needs met with an unreserved yes was the focus of our last two episodes. And there was a time when I thought that only those two resolutions were needed for success. But eventually, I couldn't help but notice that when issues around love and needs did not take down the failed relationships I studied, it was because they succumbed to this one last thing. I call this one last thing traumas and dramas. This is where you or your partner look at the other in complete disbelief that they could have said what you just heard. Then the both of you end up in this escalating battle, each trying to pull the other to your own mindset. The result is confusion that you or your partner can be so unreasonable. And how does that leave the two of you feeling? Frustrated with angry feelings coursing through your veins? Sound familiar? So what is it you need to know better so you can do better? Well, in these types of arguments, what you and your partner are encountering is a defense. Although these defenses are being triggered by a current event, it is not the current event that is the actual cause, but rather the baggage both of you are bringing in from the past. One or both of you are having your buttons pushed. This means that you are merely reacting to a trigger that is igniting a decades-old defense created for some earlier childhood trauma. These defenses were created so far back in your childhoods that neither of you even know why you are reacting the way you do anymore. And what did these childhood defenses look like from the outside? Depending upon which childhood defense is being activated, they react by either disconnecting, meaning knock-knock, nobody's home, or they could react by collapsing and giving up, or they could react by withdrawing inside, or by overexerting outwardly, or by getting very rigid and demanding the rules to be followed. Any attempt you then make to communicate feels like talking to a wall. That's because you are talking to a wall, a wall of defense that your partner is safely hiding behind. And what happens when you talk to their wall instead of their heart? an unresolved argument. Why? Because a defense is not interested in working things out. Its only interest is warding off attack and defending itself. 
And what does defending instead of active listening solicit from the one listening to the defense? A demand to be heard. Anyone with this kind of experience knows darn well that a strategy of defending and demanding goes nowhere. So, eventually, what do you do? You just stop and then stuff it, right? The downside of this stuff it strategy, though, is that the experience gets tucked away in your hearts as another example of not being seen, heard, nor understood, and wanting to blame each other for this. Therefore, you most likely adopted a strategy of avoiding conversations that push each other's buttons. Is it any wonder, then, that over time, the close, intimate bond between you and your partner dissipated and faded away? Especially when you add this distancing effect to the distancing effects of not feeling fully loved and not getting your needs met with a smile? Really, is it any wonder? Ask this of your common sense and see what answer comes back. But what if you had a clearer vantage point that could see behind the scenes? Instead of taking the strategy of shutting down communications that trigger defenses, what if you got curious instead? How can curiosity be solicited? Well, that's not so hard when you understand where this is all coming from. So first, let's look at how this all got started. There are five basic developmental periods from pre-birth through puberty that all children go through. Each stage is a breeding ground for a common trauma. By common, I mean that it's normal for most kids to go through the experience. When a child is exposed to this common trauma, the child defends itself the best its young mind can. It does this by creating a defensive wall. This is also common. Since both you and your partner were once children, you were both exposed to all five developmental stages. Creating defensive walls, then, was a normal way for each of you to protect yourselves. It was your inner child's way of adapting and creating safety during a time when your minds were too young and inexperienced to do differently. Unfortunately, though, you didn't leave these defenses in your childhood, where they were actually useful. You carried these defenses into your adult lives, where they no longer serve you. Behind the scenes, they are wreaking havoc with your relationships. Because they are attached to your inner child, not your adult mind, that is why it feels so natural to say in an argument, grow up. But by learning about the origins of your defenses and how your present-day triggers are connected to them, each of you can make more conscious reactions. Conscious reactions avoid the unconscious results of this carryover. Then statements like, this is stupid, grow up, no longer seem necessary. Neither does agonizing over such thoughts as, why is my partner acting this way? Or, why am I acting this way? Awareness can allow curiosity to replace your frustrations. By observing that a defense is being triggered behind yours or your partner's responses, each of you can take charge and manage the result instead of being a victim of its confusion and anger. So, the simple solution then is to observe which defense is being triggered when your partner seems unreasonable, and then use the best response to soothe that defense. However, in this episode, we only have time for a quickie outline of what's at play. 
In future episodes, however, we'll have more time to get into the details so you can understand how to manage this root cause number three much better. So for now, here is a quickie synopsis of the four most important key factors of each of the five defenses. Key factor number one. Everyone has gone through the five stages of development. So, everyone has been exposed to the common trauma of each stage of growth to either a minor degree or to a major degree. Key factor number two. A feeling of shame and being wrong in some way attached itself to these traumas. Key factor number three. A sense of insecurity attached itself to the feeling of shame. This needed to be defended. Defenses were developed which were later carried into adulthood. Everyone has all five defenses, yet one tends to be more dominant than the others. Key factor number four. Each defense has multiple reactions for de-escalating it, but also one key reaction to it that could help de-escalate it quite quickly. So let's look at the five developmental stages in light of these four key factors. Stage one, I call this stage a need to be connected. The trauma in this stage comes from the birth process or from not having an early close enough connection with your mother. This produces a kind of existential belief that being in the world is scary. With this belief, you would have felt wrong about being on the planet. So, a natural defense would be to disconnect from your body, not be present, and to prefer the higher realms of intellect or spirit. This means that you would typically intellectualize or spiritualize your feelings in an attempt to de-stress. If you are the one encountering this defense as intellectualized feelings, a simple way to help bring your partner back into their body is good eye contact and doing something grounding like placing your hand firmly on your partner's forearm. Developmental stage number two, I call a need to be nurtured. The trauma in this stage comes from a sense of not being allowed enough to feel satisfied. This produces a belief that the world doesn't provide enough for meeting your needs. With this belief, you would have felt wrong about having needs. So, a natural defense would be to collapse and give up, becoming unattuned to your own needs, preferring to solve other people's needs instead all in hopes that what goes around comes around. If you are the one encountering this defense, though, a quick and easy reaction to help your partner communicate their needs in a way that creates less resistance is to first focus their attention on what they are feeling, then to find out what they actually need, and then to ask them what requests they would like to make. Developmental stage number three I call a need for self-direction. The trauma in this stage comes from a sense of having your autonomy shut down through overprotection. This produces a belief that what you want doesn't matter as much as what other people want. With this belief, you would have felt wrong about saying no. So, a natural defense would be to retreat into an internal world where no one could touch you. If you are the one encountering this defense, though, a quick and easy reaction to keep it from withdrawing is to get permission before sharing your thoughts. Something like, um, may I have 20 minutes of your time to discuss this with you? You could also offer your partner choices versus telling them what they should do. For example, 
Would you like to discuss it now or in an hour? And lastly, give your partner plenty of time to consider a response. Sometimes it takes a little time for them to actually figure out what they think. Developmental stage number four, I call a need for trust. The trauma in this stage comes from having your emerging sense of individual power invaded through dominance. This produces a belief that the world is a battleground that needs to be controlled or conquered. With this belief, you would have felt wrong about being vulnerable. So a natural defense would be to thrust your energy outward and conquer your surrounding world by either bullying or seducing and by being the backseat driver of other people's lives. If you are the one encountering this defense, though, when it gets angry, that can be pretty scary. A quick and easy reaction to de-escalate it when it is angry is to generate a firm stop energy field, letting your partner know that you are not going to have this conversation right now, giving them a later time for the discussion, and at the same time, assuring them of your loyalty and love. The later time is so that the physical emotion they are experiencing in their body has time to dissipate. This means at least 20 minutes later. Developmental stage five, I call a need for acceptance. The trauma in this stage comes from a sense that your affections are being ignored, refused, or embarrassed. This produces a belief that you need to be perfect and to know what is expected in order to be loved. With this belief, you would have felt wrong about having feelings. So a natural defense would have been to focus on the rules, be perfect, continuously judge how to respond appropriately, and organize and plan everything. If you are the one being subjected to this rule-abiding defense, though, a quick and easy reaction to de-escalate it is to ask your partner what is more important to them, A or B. Where A is what your partner is insisting is only right, and where B is a higher value. For example, what is more important here, getting every detail correct or meeting the deadline? Another example could be, what is more important here, having a perfect partner or having someone who loves you? Being that what I just gave you is just a quickie synopsis of a more in-depth topic, I understand that there's not enough detail yet for you to fully understand this important root cause. So what I want for you to grasp in this episode is just a couple key points. That the underlying cause of most of your unresolved fighting with your partner is that you were bruised as kids. You created some defenses. And now those defenses interfere with your ability to communicate with each other. When that happens... You end up talking to the wall and not your loving partner snuggled safely behind their wall. And the blaming, shaming, and judging you or your partner have done back when you didn't understand this only increased the vulnerability the wall was protecting. So the discussion escalated into a fight, resulting in frustration and shutdown. So now, when an argument arises, Even without all the details surrounding these defenses, you still have a better choice to say, Oh, I get it. There's something being triggered here that is hidden behind the curtain of this scene. Even if you don't know what it is, instead of confusion leading to blaming and shaming, you could get curious. 
Can you see how, for now, just stopping and making another choice for curiosity could lead to a more compassionate discussion? Can you see how that, in turn, would de-escalate an argument into a more peaceful result? The end result of such effort on your part, even at this point, is communication that starts to become more fulfilling and gets closer to your desired result instead of fighting. The payoff is less drama, fewer hurt feelings, and more of being seen and understood. And how empowering can that be? Now, once again, that's all we have time for today. But in future episodes, we will have more time to go into the details of how to execute this very important practice for root cause number three, fighting. For now, try curiosity when triggers flare and reasonable emotions. So fighting can start to be replaced with a more compassionate discussion. And if you are intrigued enough to want more of the specifics of this important root cause right now, you can go to my website, afraidtoloveagain.com, and download a free PDF copy of my book, How to Keep Your X's and O's from Becoming X's and Woes. My book covers these defenses in detail and in simple layman's terms. It also gives many simple tips on how to manage these defenses. So if you are ready to take charge of your arguments, click on the link to my website in the show notes and get the information you need to create peaceful relationships now. And then come back next week for another interesting discussion on keeping your X's and O's from becoming X's and woes. Bye for now. We thank you for tuning in to X's and O's, not X's and woes. We know you have many options, so we promise this podcast series to be a good investment in you. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe. We're also eager to hear how well you liked it, so please rate and review us on whichever channel you use. Remember, the goal is for you to feel safe so you can open up to love again and know that you can keep it glowing for decades to come. It is possible and you can do it. You're not alone. So let's do this thing and do it together. We'll see you next time.